ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning into The Scoop. I'm your host, Frank Chaparro, editor-at-large at The Block, and we have a very interesting episode of the show for you today. I do not say that with hyperbole. Joining us on the other side of the mic is my colleague, Stephanie Murray, who has brought on the lawyer going after all of the influencers who have peddled the various crypto firms that have blown up over the past six months, let's call it. Adam Moskowitz. Adam, before we dive into all of the stuff that you're working on, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. What's next for digital currency after a brutal 2022? While the core promise of crypto hasn't changed, digital currency is still forming the base layer for a new global commerce infrastructure. From merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers and even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. It's like building houses. What's the foundation and can you get the foundation right? Throughout Q1, I'm happy to host leaders from Circle here on The Scoop to give listeners the chance to hear how one of crypto's most prominent builders is paving the way for digital currency utility. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. This show is sponsored in part by CleanSpark, America's Bitcoin miner. With CleanSpark, you can feel good about investing in the Bitcoin ecosystem because CleanSpark uses low-carbon energy for their Bitcoin mining data centers and is always optimizing their operations to increase energy efficiency and reduce e-waste, all while partnering with the communities they operate in. If you want to support the future of Bitcoin while also supporting the environment, visit www.cleanspark.com to learn more about the CleanSpark way. So, Stephanie, you've been following this more closely than I have, so I will kick it to you for the first question. Adam, thank you so much for joining The Scoop a couple of days after you successfully served Shaquille O'Neal in the FTX class action lawsuit that you brought. Just to kick us off, could you tell us a little bit about the lawsuit and why you're targeting Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah, it's it's a shame that this has become such a sideshow of serving Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, it shouldn't, and it's very disappointing. We we think very highly of Mr. O'Neal. He, in fact, volunteers a lot for the police department here in Miami. He's actually an honorary sheriff in Central Florida. So the thought that he wouldn't just accept service of our complaint, it's just mind-boggling, you know, that it took so many months of chasing him down to have to get him served. But a couple of years ago, about a year and a half ago, we started to bring the first crypto lawsuits against Voyager, FTX, and Binance for the crypto tokens and these crypto interest accounts. We alleged that they were the sale of unregistered securities. And right after we sued Voyager, the SEC came in and they filed 18 actions saying that these same tokens and these same accounts are the sale of unregistered securities So it's been sort of a battle because Voyager goes bankrupt. They're going to get bought out by FTX. FTX goes bankrupt. They're going to be saved by Binance. And now we have class actions against Voyager, FTX, and Binance. And we've got billions of dollars at loss for our victims all around the world. And you've got these aiders and abettors who are the celebrity and influencers that we have cases against that we're trying to collect here in the Southern District of Florida. And we've got an MDL hearing in May that'll decide if all the cases should be consolidated before one court. And so you've gone after celebrities, including Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Mark Cuban. Why was Shaq the hardest to serve and how did you eventually find him? 
I have zero idea. I mean, it's crazy. The largest man on the planet we can't serve. It's just disappointing. Again, I've met him before and he does great work with the police. He's a sheriff. We actually sent the complaint to where he's a deputy in Central Florida. We sent the complaint at $50 because they actually served complaints and they tasked our $50 and they said, sorry, we haven't been able to serve him. But right when we had our private investigators go to his house in Atlanta and serve him with the complaint yesterday, he immediately called the same police department who came out to the scene and said to our process servers, is there something wrong here? And they said, no, we're giving Mr. O'Neill the papers. We've tried to give him for three months. And the police said, okay, be on your way. Thank you. So I have no idea, but I'm glad it's over. He served and now he'll hire lawyers and hopefully, you know, follow the laws of the court. This is, you know, a really interesting situation. I should point out that we reached out to O'Neill and his team and haven't heard back from them. But could you talk a little bit about kind of the unusual elements of trying to serve Shaq? I know that there were those threatening text messages that you mentioned in the court filings. And one of your process servers actually, you know, kind of gave up trying to serve him in person. It's not clear who that text was from, but it seems like, you know, you were suggesting it was somebody connected to Shaq. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And again, it's a sideshow. I mean, in my 35 years of doing class action work, I've never had this issue before. Most celebrities, they get their lawyer to call you and then you send them a copy of the complaint and they get 30 extra days. Nobody wants to deal with personally being served. So I couldn't understand when our process server was saying she was having difficulty going because you see him on TV or you see him in the hospital, you know where he is. So our process server would go down and then the security would just say, sorry, you can't get in. And, you know, some of the laws have been changed on serving complaints. It used to be you have to physically hand it to the defendant. Now you have to see the defendant, see that they're there, see who it is, and then give them the complaint. But it's just that's why there's substituted service laws in all the states. So like say you're trying to serve somebody in Russia, right? You can serve them on the Internet under certain rules and regulations because it would be almost impossible to have to go to Russia and serve somebody with a complaint. And that's what we try to do with Mr. O'Neill under Texas's law because he's been in Texas the last month opening chicken restaurants. So we knew he was there, but the court said, you know, you should have used Florida law. So we did what we had to do and we got him served. So how big is this lawsuit? You know, it suggests to me if somebody's trying their hardest not to get served that you know, it's a lawsuit that's asking for a lot of money or there could be a lot at stake. And so of the, you know, dozen or so people that you're suing, what are you kind of hoping to get out of this class action lawsuit? Great question. When we looked into this a year and a half ago, we were shocked at how simple it really was. You know, we only do class action work. So we're very experienced in fraud, in Ponzi scheme cases. And here, it appeared that Voyager, FTX, and Binance may not have any money. So it's a crazy case that you had aiding and abettors, people that actually promoted an unregistered securities. And under the state securities laws, that's all you need to do. You promote an unregistered security for financial benefit, you are liable for all the revisionary damages, precisionary damages. What securities did he promote in this capacity as a FTX spokesperson? If you joined FTX, 
you're automatically registered for their interest account. Every single one of the um, FTX members was a part of the interest account. So you get money each month based upon them loaning out your tokens and your money. So the SEC has already ruled that these types of interest accounts are securities because it's money you're lending them and you're going to get a return based on the actions of others. So in 2017, the SEC and the FTC, 2017, sent out a letter because Kim Kardashian, Floyd Mayweather, and DJ Khaled started to promote the early Bitcoin, 2007. And the SEC said, we're going to warn you, if these are found to be unregistered securities, by you promoting them, you can be liable for the sale of unregistered securities, and that would mean all rescissionary damages. So you asked, Stephanie, what we're seeking. In FTX, we're seeking $5 billion. In Voyager, we're seeking $4 billion. And in Binance, we don't have the number yet because the company's not bankrupt. But in the other cases, we can quantify how much money is owed right now to the class members. And under the basic law, these celebrities are each liable for the total damages. The state securities law says you do not need reliance. I do not need to see your commercial in order to buy the product. The burden is on you. And if you make a promotion of an unregistered security, it's your responsibility. And if it turns out it's unregistered, you're liable for all the damages. And, you know, a case like this, how long does this take to get resolved? I mean, People who, you know, saw Shaq get served want to know what's going to happen next. I mean, when should they sort of tune back in to see how this will all shake out? I would hope quickly, because if you go down the bankruptcy route, I think you're going to wait years. You're going to wait eight or nine years, and you may see nothing. Last year in the Voyager case, they spent over $100 million in costs just in this bankruptcy process. So what we did is we went into court and said, answer this one question first. Are these securities? So... It's just that they can hire the biggest and the best firms in the country who can try to delay the inevitable. But that day we're trying to get in Voyager, FTX, and Binance are these securities. We don't need much more than that. So I would say in a couple months, there should be a resolution for all of the victims all around the world. Because if we're right, then the influencers and the brand ambassadors are all liable for the damages. The core promise of crypto hasn't changed. Stable coins can bring faster payments at internet scale, from merchants at the point of sale to corporations that want to pay suppliers or even employees more efficiently. Circle has always seen itself as a connector of the traditional world and the new world of digital currency. USDC is more than just a stable coin. USDC is also an open source platform. When our transactions are actually final and you can't change them anymore, that's another great quality property of cash because when you switch his hand, it's fine. Right? Can you digitize all those good quality properties and bring that in a digital form? USDC by Circle is at the forefront of this innovation. And that's why The Scoop is partnering with the folks at Circle to tell you guys why and how our industry is moving. A lot of us who have built USDC, myself included and Jeremy included, we are technologists. So we approach this problem from a technology point of view. Visit circle.com scoop for more information. Here's a message from our sponsor, CleanSpark. CleanSpark is a NASDAQ-listed company that mines Bitcoin. Basically, they build and operate data centers with tens of thousands of computers that help secure Bitcoin, making it more reliable and secure for anybody, anywhere to use. These computers require a lot of energy. 
but that's why CleanSpark predominantly uses low-carbon energy to power their machines. But that's not all. They care about the communities where their data centers are located. They create jobs, donate to schools and community centers, and revitalize aging electricity grids in rural parts of America. They aren't just a Bitcoin miner. They're one of the most efficient and sustainable Bitcoin miners in America. Visit www.cleanspark.com to learn more. What sort of designates a brand ambassador or a promoter? What boxes need to be checked? Is it simply just being paid by them? No, right. That's a great question. It's an easy answer. There's a contract between FTX and each of the brand ambassadors that says, I hereby agree to be a brand ambassador for FTX. Fair enough. Yeah, there's no dispute. They signed the contract. And then the influencers, Binance had the most intricate network all around the world. It people in Africa, people in Asia, like the Avon used to do with these pyramid structures. Every week you would get a check back for every person that you were able to get to invest in Binance. I almost got involved in that. That was crazy. That was back in like 2008. There was a Netflix documentary around it. Did you see it? It was really good. Yes. Do you think a reboot of FTX could work and how might that impact some of these various ongoing litigations? It's an interesting question because there's so much else that's going on in this FTX dilemma that's not really covered or discussed in the media. So, for example, we have to follow very carefully what happens in the FTX bankruptcy. There are some former FTX people that are filing pleadings in the case that say maybe it shouldn't have been in bankruptcy in the first place. Mm, yeah. That the hole wasn't as big as allegedly they say it was. Which is kind of true, though. I mean, they said they've come up with $7 billion out of the $10 billion hole. Yeah. I mean, anything that'll help our victims, if that could happen, great. But the thing is, like when FTX was going to bail out Voyager and Binance is going to bail out FTX, these tokens are unregistered securities. So they can't go back to just doing that. And FTX can't go back to offering you an interest account. So if those two things are cut out, What's left? You know, you could always buy Bitcoin. I mean, nothing's to stop you to going on an exchange and buying Bitcoin. But these platforms, their main attraction was they'd offer you interest accounts. That's why 90% of our plaintiffs, tens of thousands of people around the world invested was, they said, you don't have to make any trades. You put your money with us. We'll give you 8% interest a year. Your money will be safe. It'll be FDI insured, which was a lie. We have over 5 billion assets under management. So it's a safe investment. That's a fraud because that's a security and you need to be an accredited investor to invest. So if you wipe that out and you wipe out their tokens, I don't know what FTX is, right? I mean, what is it going to be? An exchange that does what? It can't trade these tokens because nobody's registering these tokens. It can offshore. It can offshore, but... Look at Binance. I mean, Binance originally said, oh, we can't go near U.S. investors. In a matter of one year, the influencers had on their websites, click here to buy if you're a U.S. investor. So they're violating the rules. And and there's a regulation S, which would give them some exceptions. You're right. If they stayed offshore. But their market is the U.S. market. That's who they're targeting. That's who they're trying to get to. And that's where they all eventually tried to claw their money from. And they did. They were successful. So I don't think FTX is going to be redone. I don't know what would be left if you carve out the interest accounts and the tokens, but anything that'll help our victims, 
we're in favor of. We're going after the influencers. We're going after the brand ambassadors. And then, of course, we'll go after any money that's left. Adam, why do you think these folks don't like talk to their lawyers before they sign these types of contracts to make sure they're not peddling unregistered securities? That's a great question. You know, the one person I found that did that was Taylor Swift. In our discovery, Taylor Swift actually asked them, can you tell me that these are not unregistered securities? So I guess the reason is just greed because each of them have handlers, you know, and they Mm. all got their lawyers, they've got their agents. We know who are involved in these deals. And if they just ask that question, I mean, we learned the answer a year and a half ago. When I looked at the situation and we talked to an expert in Oxford, England, he said, it's just so apparent that these are unregistered securities. I can't imagine that not being the ruling by the SEC because there's 50 years of history on this. So why did Tom Brady and Larry David, you know, why did they agree to take $100 million? I don't know. I mean, the answer has got to be greed. I mean, why does Shaquille O'Neal, who's the greatest example, he does a commercial saying, I'm all in, are you? That commercial wins a Clio Award because it's so persuasive. And he says to a reporter a couple of weeks ago, Steph Curry called me, told me I could make millions of dollars if I do this commercial. I won't go near cryptocurrency personally because I don't understand. So how do you do a commercial? What about, are we going after Larry David as well? Oh, yeah. We've named 16 brand ambassadors in our FTX case. But in the commercial, he warned against it. He was anti Yeah, his commercial was, this is so good, it just can't be, which is going to be the closing statements at our trial. All we got to do is play Larry David's commercial where he says, it's just too good to be true because that's the truth, right? I mean, it's a pyramid scheme that had an $8 billion you know, hole. And Larry David was right. But, you know, these Steph Curry commercials, I don't know anything, but I know FTX and I trust FTX. What due diligence did they do? If they can prove that they did due diligence, just like a lot of the venture capitalist firms that got caught flat-footed, do they have a defense there if they weren't just acting willfully ignorant? I think they may have a claim against their lawyers. Yeah, good question. They may have a claim against their agent. They may have a claim against their lawyers. They may have a claim against the law firm. You know, it's reported that there were many law firms called to do legal opinions to give them support. So we haven't touched you know, the mountain that we're going after. But there's a lot of people that Sam and these other billionaires got to support what they were doing. And all of that's going to be uncovered. So do you think that this is going to stop celebrities and influencers from promoting crypto in the future? Or do you think that when the next bull market comes around, everybody's going to be back? Stephanie, when the music plays, (laughs) you have to dance. I I think you'd be an idiot. I mean, why would you possibly promote cryptocurrency if it may be an unregistered security. That's just baffling to me. You know, I mean, I think even Kevin O'Leary's gone on like nine times to say he just can't believe what he did because it's so preposterous. So I think celebrities are going to be careful before they start to do it because the rules created in 1930 and 40 with radio that if you're a paid endorser, you got to tell people, hey, by the way, I'm getting paid $100 million for this. Is that the big issue if they did disclose it? No, I, that's the well, backup Obviously, issue. they're getting paid. Yeah, I think that's the backup issue. The FTC has said that if you're promoting a security, you need to tell people how much. And the SEC had a ruling two weeks ago with the Boston Celtics player. I think it was Paul Pierce. Mm. And his violation was he didn't say the amount. Mm. It was that specific. So 
I saw Tom Selleck on commercials. I've seen a lot of commercials on reverse mortgages. The guy says right up front, I'm a paid endorser. You know, let me tell you right off the bat, I'm getting money. Sam Bankman Freed, we've learned, knew that he couldn't say any of that because then the commercials wouldn't win the Clio Award. You know, how effective would it be if Steph Curry gets on and says, hi, I'm Steph Curry. I was just paid $100 million. I'm all in. Are you? It wouldn't be that persuasive. But if he says, look, I don't know anything, but I trust FTX, that's persuasive. You know, you buy that commercial. And that's why people trusted them. But again, the state security laws don't require reliance. That's a huge, huge issue that most of the media missed for the last year. They kept saying, well, did you see the commercial? That's not where the public policy lies. The legislators who passed the law said, are we going to require the victim to prove they saw the commercial? Or are we going to make the promoter prove that they did their due diligence? And the legislatures in New Jersey and Florida, because we're using FTX, Florida law, they're based here, Voyager, New Jersey law, they're based in New Jersey. They said, we're going to put the burden on the promoters. So it doesn't matter if you saw a single commercial. If they helped promote these unregistered securities, they're liable. And we know that everybody saw them. And there's the number one Super Bowl ad, as you said. I wrote an article about that, Stephanie. Am I liable? (laughs) I was talking to somebody this morning about this who said that doing it in Florida is really interesting because of the laws there and that they expect that, you know, more people will be lining up to file class action lawsuits in Florida if you're successful. So... Are there other firms or other influencers who you think you'll end up going after who you haven't yet? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a long list of influencers that promoted this. But, you know, you got to be realistic. I mean, I can't go after a thousand right now. So you go after the largest ones and hopefully people resolve the claims. You know, there's insurance that covers a lot of this. We just did the in-race Surfside case in Miami the building that collapsed here in our backyard. Oh my God, that was crazy. That was the most horrific case I've ever done in my life. 98 deaths, 94 apartments were collapsed. You know, and it's not like 9-11 where people went to work. I mean, these are 17 children died, you know, animals, grandparents. But in less than one year, we collected $1.4 billion for the victims. In less than a year. Because it was insurance money. So... That's the approach we took here. We have the same judge, too. We said, just rule are these securities. If you rule they're not, then, you know, we may be out of luck. But they removed those cases from state court to federal court, and they've been delaying us ever since because they don't want that simple answer. What's the answer going to be? Of course, they're securities. I don't think you'll ever find anybody today with a straight face that'll say the Voyager FTX token or the Voyager, or the Binance, or the FTX interest accounts are not securities. You can't find a lawyer to say that. So they know what the answer is, but you know what the liability is also. Billions of dollars. Mm. So that's why we wanted to quickly resolve this. You know, and there's a lot of insurance available, but nobody's coming to the table. I mean, what do you do when they say basically, you know, go to hell? Mm. And then they start threatening you. You know, don't forget, a couple of these influencers said, I'm going to bury you. To me personally, I'm going to get you out of Moskowitz. I'm going to get your family. I'm going to get your plaintiff. We're going to come after you 24 hours a day. This is what they did in response to our complaint. So we have a hearing in federal court, you know, to deal with that. The judge isn't going to like that. Well, I'm not putting up with it. You know, threatening my family because you promoted a, an unregistered security. 
I mean, that's kind of how the internet is going these days. You know, you rile people up and they may do something pretty scary. Understood. Well, Adam, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show and, and walking us through a lot of this legal ass and legal drama. Where can our listeners learn more about what you're working on and where can they find more information? I think if they come to our law firm website, we have all the stories uploaded every day. You know, there's 50 or 60 stories a day. And with the Voyager, FTX, and Binance cases, there's a lot going on because there's a lot of brand ambassadors. But we want to help every single person that's out there. You know, our main client, the first client we had lost $10,000. And they were saying to him on all these shows, you know, that's it? I mean, this guy worked for two years to save $10,000 to buy Christmas gifts for his family. So a lot of people lost, you know, $10,000, $20,000, which may not be a lot to millionaires out there, but it's a lot to these people. It's a lot of their savings. And we're going to try to get every one of them back their money. And if it has to come from Shaquille O'Neal, it'll come from Shaquille O'Neal. You know, we're not going to stop because he hides from us. Understood. Well, thanks so much for taking time. My pleasure. Thanks for covering it. It's important for people to get the word out and to understand what's going on. So I'm grateful for people like you who who reach the people that want the information. So thank you. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Sure. Take care. And the scoop will be back for you again with another great guest. Have an awesome day.